Hello, hello. Welcome back to The 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. And I only did two hellos. I, I noticed that. I was waiting for the third hello. <laughs> well, I'm keeping you in suspense. So, um, what team are we doing today? Today, Chris, we are doing the Southern Brave. Now, call me bias, but I'm very excited to do this team. Um, they actually only... Um, didn't retain two players so we'll go through the list here but what's really exciting about the Southern Brave is they are coached by Mahela Jaiwardner who I think is the most fantastic coach he's uh, got the IPL record alongside Stephen Fleming as the three-time winner of the IPL. You have to wonder if there's some friendly rivalry going on between um, Stephen Fleming and Jaiwardner it's going to be interesting seeing how the captains match up compared to everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Especially as Nassi Singh calls Stephen Fleming a serial winner. First up, we've got Jofra Archer, the local ECB um, central contracted player. So he plays for Sussex. They've got Jofra Archer and obviously he screams pace, um, aggression, opening bowler. He does really well on the franchise circuit. Um, a little worrying right now as we stand. He's just been sent home from the England-India tour with this elbow, again, the stress on the elbow. I mean, he had problems with it last year as well. So that would be a real blow if Jopper Archer isn't fit for the 100 after all of this. I think so. It's, he's an interesting prospect for me because, yes, he has an injury worry, but he also has sort of an inconsistent way of playing. I'd say that his role is a lot more defined in short-form cricket. It's go in and bowl as fast as you can. Uh, in test cricket, he seems to be wavering between, am I just holding a length and leaving it outside off stump, or am I coming in and trying to knock your head off? He, he's going to be a great prospect, but as I'm sure you're about to tell us, there's there's plenty of fast bowling to go around in the Southern Braves. We've got some backups, don't you worry about that. So let's move on. We've got, well, the Southern Braves' first international pick, Andre Russell. Um, he is such an experienced all-rounder. I mean, fantastic player and also just an absolute athlete in the field. Um, he really just puts himself on the line, you know, every single game. His highest T20 score is 121 not out and his strike rate is 169. So he is just, and you know, his bowling average is 25. So he's a real all-rounder. You know, you want him in your team. So super excited to have Andre Russell. So there's, uh, he's the first pick for the international players. And then... I don't know if you remember last year, their second pick was David Warner. Um, obviously, opener, firecracker for Australia. Um, not last IPL, but the one before um, had the highest, highest amount of runs. I mean, we saw him have an amazing summer for Australia. Well, our summer for Australia last year, he got an unbeaten 335 against Pakistan. And then what happened last year was that he signed up for the Southern Brave. And then a couple of months later, he pulled out. Now, it was due to family reasons. He was spending a lot of time abroad, especially a lot of time in England. And if you consider that, it was literally the other side of the world from his family. Um, he pulled out. So they got him back because they then replaced uh, David Warner with a like-for-like -like replacement. They bagged themselves uh, an all-rounder and replaced of David Warner. They went for Marcus Joyness. Yeah. who, you know, again, has the most amazing figures and is such a good batsman. So he was the leading run scorer in not last year's BBL, but the one before. Yeah. Um, he does really, really, really well in the shorter format. Yeah, his average is 54, strike rate 136. But to average 54, that is crazy um, in T20. I mean, because the fact that his strike rate is so high as well, obviously it's risky. He's, he's off, he often opens in the batting as well, but he can play sort of three or four 
too, so it depends where he ranges with this batting lineup. He is a really good bowler as well. Um, so really excited to have him. So what then happened was they then replaced David Warner for Marcus Joyner's, and then David Warner put his name back in the hat this year. Uh-huh. Um, and they decided to go go from him, him again. I was I was quite surprised that they went from him again because they'd obviously replaced him with Marcus Joyner's, and it meant that they'd had to they had to drop an international player. Yeah. So unfortunately, they had to drop Shadab Khan. And I was really looking forward to watching him play, actually. I don't know about you, Chris. Yeah, it's it's very strange, isn't it? I actually think, you know, as far as an international trio go, getting Andre Russell, David Warner and Marcus Stoinis, it, it's a pretty good overseas trio. But you're right, because I remember last year when we were doing the team breakdowns and obviously Shadab Khan, who is now playing for Manchester, uh, was in the squad. We reckoned an awful lot of the onus of the spin bowling was going to go on him because there weren't that many spin options within the Southern Braves. Yeah. Um, it's funny, do you know what? I was listening to you talking about that. I can genuinely sense how excited you are about this team, um, <laughs> but also how frustrated you are that um, that they've missed out on Shadow Khan. But like you say, Marcus Stoinis has done so well and especially when we first met him and I think I even said this last time I always think of him as a kind of a bowling all-rounder but in this format of the game he's kind of done what Sunil Narayan did and what even Sam Curran is doing for Chennai at the moment is moving up to the top of the order being a big hitting opener and then also providing some overs at the end we should probably move on to the local legends and everybody else there's a lot to go through here and you will notice that a lot of these players do come from sussex or hampshire so talking of explosive fast bowlers and as if there aren't enough already with um joffre archer and andre russell we've got time on mills who happens to follow us on twitter so <laughs> thanks to him <laughs> he is, um, as we know, he's white ball only following his um, back condition quite a few years ago. But he is a really, really decent bowler. He does really well in the death overs, um, left-handed, his economy of seven. And he's. we know that he's super keen to get back into the England squad because I don't really know if you remember, but England's last tour of India in 2017 he was the breakout star. I'm very, very excited. Time on Mills is one of my favourites because, as you know, I'm a left armer. And, you know, when I was younger, I was a left arm seamer. So I always looked to left arm bowlers. And when I was growing up, it was bowlers like Ryan Sidebottom um, yeah. and Zahir Khan and people like that. But Time on Mills was just so rapid. And I just really enjoyed watching him basically scaring the opposition batsmen. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about the last tour to India the other day because... Um, there were so many players who came in who were going to be, you know, the next big England stars. Do you remember this? You had like Hasi Pamid, uh, Zafran Sari, Ben Duckett. You had all of these players who were coming in and becoming potentially the next big thing. And you compare that to the squad that's gone out now. It's, it's sort of amazing, isn't it? The turnover of international players. It just shows that, you know, there it is, for the selectors, it is a really difficult job because you have so many potentials and it just depends on the vision that you see in the captaincies at the time and you have to kind of go through with it. You can't keep picking and choosing different different squads each time. Um, but speaking of someone that is in, is in the England camp for the T20s, we've got Chris Jordan, um, another fantastic bowler, another great death, death over bowler. Um, so teaming up with Time on Mills, it's going to be fantastic to watch. He also plays for Sussex. Um, I mean, we know, we watch him, he goes to every franchise in the world, literally took to bowl the last couple of overs. Um, but he's also 
a fantastic fielder. Uh, we were laughing about the most amazing catch that he took against India a couple of weeks ago on the boundary and then flicked the ball into Jason Roy. And he, Jason Roy was just laughing because he was like, that is the most amazing piece of fielding I've ever seen. And I can't even believe it myself. But you know, the, the, the other thing that Jason Roy was probably laughing at was him going, you know what that's going to look like in the scorebook is I caught that and you didn't. It's so unfair, isn't it? Because they should, you know, what they should have in the school in the in the school book is an assisted catch. Yes, definitely. <laughs> because, yeah, it's going to go down as Jason Royce is like, thanks, mate. I'll take that one. Um, but I have to say, Chris Jordan, I don't think had the best IPL last season, and he also didn't have the best tour um, of India with England. I'm not going to lie, he was a little bit expensive, more expensive than he is normally. So, um, yeah, let's hope that he's back to his normal self um, and his economy rate goes down for the 100. We have another local legend next up. He plays for Hampshire. We have Liam Dawson, another left arm, left arm, left arm spin, all-rounder as well. He's quite decent with the bat sometimes. Again, he didn't have a great last championship. Um, and, he, you know, he does have good experience in the franchise circuit. Again, he didn't have an amazing PSL last season. But his economy rate is still seven in T20, and his batting average is 20. Yeah, I think he was also one of the 2016 people, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's so difficult because so much is expected of your spin bowlers these days. Because I always feel it like, you know, as you know, like Moe Nally is kind of one of my heroes. I really like, he's one of my favorite players in the team. Um, but I think it's since the days of players like Graham Swan, and perhaps it's English specific spinners. Are expected to be the the one of the bowlers that can bat. That's probably why we're seeing a lot of spin bowlers. You know, even somebody like Adil Rashid um, can bat as well. But that's only going to help in the hundred to have your spinner Liam Dawson, who I reckon, especially since uh, Shadow Khan has left, is probably going to get a lot more action on the pitch. Exactly, he probably will. Um, George Garton's up next, and he's from Sussex. Another left arm quick bowler um, had. Good experience in the Abu Dhabi T10. He's got some really good stats, actually, with them. Does really well. Um, he actually took three for 21 in two overs in last, the last season. Um, so he's great. He's also on the England Lions circuit as well. So good to have him, another local, local lad. Um, we've got also Craig Overton. Um, medium fast from Somerset. He's six foot five, which I know for you, Chris, is kind of normal. me. <laughs> But for us mere mortals, that's pretty, um, pretty tall. So therefore, he can really get the ball to swing using his height. And he was in the England Lions squad a couple of winters ago. And he, yeah, he did really well, actually. He led the attack with Ollie Robson to produce nine wicket maiden over versus the Australian A-team. So he did really, really well a couple of years back. Um, hasn't had so much practice in the past year, but no one really has with COVID situation. Another local legend they've got is James Vince who um, is a fantastic opening batsman, obviously plays for Hampshire. He was pre-selected as a local legend, um, does really well, good opener. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not that consistent um, as James Vince, but when he's on form, he is on form. He does really, really well in the franchise. He had a really good um, big bash league last year. He got some really, really big scores. When he's in, in the mode, he scores really, really well. And the fact that he knows um, Hampshire inside out he's going to be a great partnership for someone at the top God knows who's going to be opening because you've got obviously David Warner James Vince um, Marcus Joyner there's a lot going on but I'm sure he'll be opening with one of them 
I reckon, yeah, I reckon if it was me, uh, if you had to force me, I'd go uh, Warner and Vince at the top and Stoinis at first drop. Because um, Vince, I mean, he's so majestic. He's just such a, a pretty player to watch. You know when you see these batsmen that just look so aesthetically pleasing? Um, someone like Ian Bell was one of my favourites. It just yeah. didn't look pretty. Like Jason Rory, who, you know, he makes it work, but he's definitely not, yeah, the yeah, most um, But it's... It's almost as if, I think, whenever I watch James Vince, it's almost like he's too good. So as in, you know, when he gets in and he gets like 20, 30 runs for England and then gets out, it seems like it's always something a bit, just it's like a sort of a silly dismissal. Um, yeah, often because he, he's very inconsistent like that. Yeah, he does, he has all these sort of dismissals, which is so frustrating. Um, we have Max, Max Waller up next, he's a wrist spinner from Somerset, T T20 specialist. And he also regularly takes the new ball for Somerset. So there is a spin option there to open the attack if they didn't want to go straight for pace. Although knowing Southern Brave, they probably will go straight for pace. Um, but he's got a good, good record with, at both the left and right hand batters. A good county player. Um, his best was four for 16 in the T20 against Warwickshire. So that's fantastic. And he averages seven, which is amazing. Um, they dropped Ollie Pope, which I was really surprised at actually because He's a safe pair of hands behind the stumps. Ollie Pope's had amazing experience um, as a wicketkeeper batsman and a really good, like, you know, mid-order batsman, maybe four or five. Um, so I was really surprised that they dropped Ollie Pope. It kind of leaves them only with the option, I believe, um, of Alex Davies uh, with the gloves, who last year when we were going through the team talks, you know, was on the reserve list for sure. He wasn't making he wasn't making the top 11. So he's definitely going to get a place if he's the only wicketkeeper on the side. Um, he has quite good experience in Abu Dhabi with the T10. Um, and, and he's on the England circuit as well. I think a lot of eyes are watching him at the moment. So hopefully he has a really good season for the 100. Yeah, I hope so. And I weirdly think, you know, in terms of all of the international competitions that are out there at the moment, I, I do think that the T10 is probably the closest approximation of what we should be looking at. Um, and Alex Davis's experience in the T10 is going to definitely help in terms of this because of the short format and because of, you know, how quickly you've got to get on with it. Uh, but also, if you're behind the wicket, you've got to, you've got to be on it because basically the, no one's going to play a forward defensive in this game. So it's, it's about just being alive to absolutely everything. Um, we've got Delroy Rawlings next, who's fantastic all-rounder, left-handed bat. Sussex boy, um, and yeah, really good in the middle middle order as well with T20s, a real clean hitter, useful finger spin, and he plays for Bermuda, so not, you know, hasn't had a lot of serious international experience, obviously playing for a side such as Bermuda, um, but he scores really, really quickly, and he's um, good at taking those overs straight after the power play, so his economy of seven as well, so he's a really, really decent all-rounder, for sure he's going to make my top 11. Did you see that um, it's been 10 years to the day since uh, Bermuda, when they were playing India, uh, Dwayne Leverock, who um, for, um, for the best sort of uh, objective way of saying it, he was, he was a big chap um, and he took an absolute screamer at first slip to dismiss, I think it was Gautam Gambier. Um, and it's been 10 years to the day since that, which has basically become cricket's biggest meme ever. Uh, happened and that's the, the one resounding memory I have of Bermudan cricket but, uh, but yeah um, Delray 
great and it's yeah. great to have a second spinner on the team um, yeah happy 10 year anniversary for them then for that, for that <laughs> meme i'll have to dig that one out later um we've got a couple just two more to talk about now we've got uh ross whiteley left-handed bat from worcestershire dangerous t20 hitter um does really well um he yeah he does he plays really really well for worcestershire and he got them into the quarterfinals of the NatWest T20 with this stat. Um, only Chris Gale had a higher strike rate that season. So I know it was a couple of years ago now, but he, he's you know, got it in him. His strike rate's huge. He's also a great death hitter. Um, his strike rate is 178 in the last five overs. So that's really great to have someone that's a little bit further down the line that you know can also just you know go crazy with the bat and, and get some decent runs towards the end. Um, last but not least, we have a white ball specialist in Danny Briggs. So he was one of the new players to be chosen alongside Marcus Joyness. Um, he is also another left-handed bowling option for you, Chris. I know you like those ones. Slow left left arm orthodox. Um, he was with Hampshire, then he went to Sussex, and now he's recently gone to Warwickshire. But his, his stats are great. He's also the leading wicket-taker in the history of the T20 Blast. Wow. So if you, didn't, if you didn't think that their bowling formation was you know, strong enough so far, um, you've got the leading wicket-taker in the history of the T20 Blast on your team. His um, T20 average is 22. And in the last BBL match that, ha that he played for, in four overs, he took one for 16. Wow. Yeah. It's the left arm. It's the left arm slow. It's like we were talking about as soon as if you're taking the ball away from a predominantly right hand batsman, um, it's always going to work and a left arm spinner or a, or a, a leg spinner is going to do the job. I'm actually quite glad because I completely missed this because um, I didn't notice when I was looking through the, the Welsh fire squad that Danny Briggs wasn't there anymore. And I thought, why? Why have we got rid of Danny Briggs? He, he's great. And I'm very relieved to hear that he's now playing at Southern Brave. I think he'll, he'll definitely get a good few games. They did a swap there with Ollie Pope and Danny Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot with Southern Brave. I mean, they look super, super strong. Um, they've just got the most amazing bowling attack, but they also have the most incredible openers in, in, the, bat, in the batting department. I, I really do think they've got all, all, all senses covered there. I think, I think, do you know what? I speak for myself and all of our listeners that I think we're, uh, we're I think we, uh, we know that you're a fan. <laughs> How's my poker face? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's great. You're doing great. Uh, but I guess we've got to sort of maintain some kind of objectivity at some point. Obviously, we've ran through the men's squad, but before we move on to the women's squad, um, I just wanted to say we actually got one of the players from the men's squad onto our podcast and he had the following to say about Southern Brave. Yeah, look, I, I think we've got a great squad. As you say, I know a lot of the boys from Sussex, we've, we've, they've chosen to keep us together as best as they can. Um, but yeah, we've, we've got a good team. You look at the team where we've got a lot of bases covered, we've got a lot of all-rounders. Uh, obviously, we've got specialists at kind of all different positions. So uh, look, I'm sure every team will be looking at their team and thinking they're great and that they're going to win. But um, yeah, obviously, that's, 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 that's my standpoint as well. Yeah, I can't believe that we managed to get Tamar Mills on the podcast. Really exciting, wasn't it? And that's just a little snippet of what's more to come. We will be releasing the full uh, length interview with him very shortly. So stay tuned for that.
Definitely. And if you want to be the first to see it, you know where the subscribe button is. It's right about there. So give us a like, give us a subscribe and be the first to see it when it comes up very soon. Anyway, let's get back onto the women's squad, shall we? Obviously, I uh, have been looking over the, the women's squad and this it actually brought up an interesting question because I wasn't sure. If you support a franchise, are you supporting both squads? Are you supporting the men's squad and the women's squad? Because as you said, I, I'm sort of tempted to follow Manchester. But having said that, the Southern Brave women's squad, I think it's it's so good. Um, you know what? A really good question. I don't know what the rules are hmm. with supporting teams in the 100. We could check that out. But um, <laughs> I feel like we're allowed to do whatever you like. However, Chris, does that mean that you're crossing to the Southern side to support the women's team? Oh, it's pretty hard not to. And I'll tell you exactly why. Because as you know, I'm from Stoke-on-Trent and probably the most famous cricketer from Stoke-on-Trent, certainly who's playing in the world right now, um, is uh, the England centrally contracted player for the Southern Braves. And it is none other than Danny Wyatt, Stoke-on-Trent's finest. She is a fantastic player. I can see why you support her. Unfortunately, she didn't have the best time in New Zealand recently, but did she? No, it, it, it wasn't great. And um, obviously, she started her career like, a while ago now. It's 2010, I think it was. And uh, started off in the middle order, but has moved her way up to opening. And... Uh, yeah, obviously her and Tammy Beaumont usually uh, open the batting for England, certainly the one-day stuff. She didn't have the greatest of tours, but if you think New Zealand summer, it's very similar to here. Opening batsmen are always susceptible to a newborn nipping round. Um, and she's proved a class time and time and time again. Plus, she's from Stoke-on-Trent, so I won't have a bad word said against it. That just gives her a free pass. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, look at her stats. She's got, like, 2350s, 600s. Um, average is 26 uh, across all of that period. Has taken 112 off-spin wickets. Um, she's been bowling less these days, but you never know. We might get to see some off-spin. Um, I think it's great, and she's absolutely going to be in the top three. Um, and some of her partners, potentially for the top order, are going to be nothing short of fantastic. Exciting stuff. Definitely. Now, you know how we've been seeing a pattern that the overseas players for each of the women's franchises are usually from the same nation? Well, not here. It's entirely the opposite case uh, because their three internationals play for three completely different teams. Uh, one plays for South Africa, one plays for the West Indies, and one plays for New Zealand. So let's run through it all. Um, the big box office name is Stefani Taylor, the West Indies all-rounder. She has a ridiculous T20 average. Yeah, yeah. 37 with the bat, 17 with the ball. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, and she was the first... West Indian player to get a thousand runs for the West Indies and uh, yeah she's been playing for a while now um, we'll probably see her bowling her off spin she's played in the BBL as well so has had franchise experience um, has played over 100 T20s for the West Indies it, she's she's box office she's I would say arguably one of the best players in women's cricket in the world at the moment but moving on from her there's also Amelia Kerr who is a New Zealand all-rounder and Oh God, she's, um, she again is just another exceptional player. So uh, her batting average is 28, her bowling average is 23. She's got a strike rate of 107. So I think top order is where she's going to be. Um, now she's also the youngest player, male or female, to score a double hundred in one day internationals. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. What a cool stat to have. 
Exactly. Um, and a couple of years ago, she was named as the uh, ANZ International Women's ODI Player of the Year. So her accolades uh, precede her. Um, Ball's leg spin as well. So again, taking it away from the bat, absolutely brilliant. And the last all-rounder that we've got. Um, now, this is also a strange one because... I can't tell. She's listed on the 100 website as an overseas player, but everything that I've found has suggested that she's actually a domestic England player. So I don't know. There's still two spots in the women's squad to fill. So they might get another international. They might not. Um, the reason being is uh, Paige Schofield, uh, she's a Sussex player and uh, plays with the Southern Vipers, uh, but she went to the Loughborough Academy. Um, and according to Wikipedia, uh, she's an English player. But having said that, she's uh, she's fantastic. Um, like I say, just sort of coming up in the, in the game at the moment. Uh, she took nine wickets last year in uh, the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy, which was, I guess, the kind of the equivalent of the Bob Willis Trophy for the men's county game. Um, yeah. Took her wickets at 13 and a half. So great. And a T20 bowling average of 22. So anywhere near that 20 mark is fantastic. But let's move on to some of the others. Um, another key England player here is Anya Shrubsole. So obviously her and Catherine Brunt usually share the new ball together for England. Um, Anya Shrubsole, probably one of the tallest um, England bowlers, uh, vice captain. She averages 15 in T20 cricket, and that's over 100 international wickets as well. That is an insane average. Yeah, yeah 15. Um, I think that the only one that is beating here at the moment is uh, Catherine Bryce uh, up at Trent Rockets, but that's that's some serious figures. And with Anya Shrubsole opening the bowling, there's a couple of options for who are going to share the new ball with him. Um, but let's move on to some of the other players. So uh, let's start off with Maya Bouchier. Wait, wasn't she wasn't she suspended? She was. Yes, yes. Um, she was called last year. Um, because of uh, a suspect action, which was subsequently deemed to be illegal. Um, obviously, she's listed as an all-rounder, um, and she's a, she is a, a serious talent, but I think perhaps because at the moment, unless her bowling is lifted or the ban is lifted, she'll be playing purely as a batsman, but um, she does actually bat at number three for the Southern Vipers, so she could walk into the team as a batsman alone. It seems like the bowling is a bonus. But last year, and given it was such a truncated season for the women's game, um, she scored over 200 runs at 31. And it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm expecting her to be uh, up in the top order. Um, she might not bat three, given that you've got Stefani Taylor, Danny Wyatt, and Amelia Kerr in your team. She might be batting at four, I reckon, somewhere like that. We've got um, Sophia Dunkley who is in the England squad. She plays T20s for England and uh, came through the Loughborough Academy, as so many of the international uh, female cricketers do. In terms of her stats, she's scored over 1,000 T20 runs at 17, and she's got 51 wickets at 18. So um, especially because she's a leg spinner, she's probably going to get into the team more as a bowler than a batter. Um, she does bat at four for England, but I feel, like we say, given the quality of the batsmen that are available, for this squad, um, she's probably going to be a little bit lower down the order. Um, next up, we have Freya Kemp. Who I believe is 15 years old. 15. I, how, how is she, I didn't realise you were 
you could play at 15? Well, I don't know. It's, it's strange. We, we've seen a sort of a common thing going amongst women's cricket. And this is probably why a lot of the players who are now kind of big household names in women's cricket have been playing since 2005, 2006. You know, you look at someone like Stefani Taylor or Danny Wyatt, they've been playing for ages, but they're not like, you know, they're not senior players by any stretch of the imagination. It seems that, and I think perhaps this is a monetization thing because whilst you can make it your, your job to be a county cricketer or a, a league cricketer, if you're a man at the moment, uh, that's not the case if you are a female cricketer. Uh, it's the, the opportunities whilst improving because of the England central contracts and because of the hundred, um, they're still few and far between. So it feels like a lot of people do it at a younger age. Uh, but having said that, Freya Kemp is already on the, uh, on the England developmental uh, radar. Um, left-handed batsman, uh, left-arm opening bowler. And um, when she was in the under-12s, which sounds like I'm dragging up really old information. Only a couple of years back for her. Yeah, it was only like two years ago. Um, she made a 62-ball 100 for Sussex. Wow. Yeah. Um, again, going to be a huge beneficiary of being around people like Anya Shrubsoul, Danny Wyatt, Stefani Taylor, etc., etc. You need one to watch for sure. My goodness. Definitely. Um, and just, just really exciting to see the potential that um, having such a young player and the, the potential that the hundred can offer a player like Freya Kemp. But let's move on. We've got Frida Morris who plays for Western Storm. Um, she is a lower order all rounder. Bowls off break. Uh, she did play for under-19s for England. Um, at the moment, she plays for Berkshire in the minor county leagues. There's not a whole lot of information on Frida Morris out there at the moment, which, again, it's a shame. We're, we're encountering this more and more and more that you know big outlets don't seem to have it. Um, but she has been associated with the England Academy, so... Uh, Great, uh, great to have on the squad. We've also got Lauren Bell, who is a seam bowler, uh, who opens the ball into Vipers. And again, youth on her side, 20 years old. Um, she's already taken 24 wickets at 26, uh, and that's only in 39 matches, so pretty, pretty decent. Um, and a list A average, she's got a bowling average of 19. That's a decent T20 average. Yeah. Um, she did actually get selected to be part of the England COVID bubble because um, a handful of uh, female cricketers were selected for the England squads. But she was one of three players who were selected out of those 24 who never actually got a match. So went around with the England squad but never played, which is a real shame. But it shows that England have got her, got their eyes on her. Um, next up, uh, Carla Rudd. Uh, she's a wicket-keeping all-rounder. Now, she was at Sussex, but as we will all recall, so was a certain Sarah Taylor. So getting in as a wicket-keeper is going to be pretty difficult. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she, uh, she moved to Berkshire during that. Uh, but now, obviously, Sarah Taylor doesn't play cricket anymore, uh, but she plays and keeps with the Vipers. Um, I, I found out she's also a PE teacher uh, at the moment at Falstead School. It's nice. They're lucky to have her as the PE teacher. Oh yeah, to have somebody selected for the hundred who's, who's also a PE teacher. She's a banker as far as wicket keeping, and I think that the, the exposure—it might be a potential that she's probably going to be a wicket keeper who bats a lot further down the order. But um, we will see. Uh, let's move to Sonia Odedra, who is a right-arm medium fast bowler and a, an all-rounder as well. You should have seen. I was doing some research for this and. 
she dismissed Danny Wyatt in 2019 with this return catch that was just out of this world. Um, it was not, you know, it's not quite at Chris, Chris Jordan's standard of fielding, but we have to remember that that's on another planet. But it was still very good. Um, she now plays for Knotts, did uh, and plays for Western Storm in the shorter formats. Um, she played one test for England against India uh, back in the day. Didn't have a particularly good time of it, but um, in T20s and in the domestic competitions here, she's taken 61 wickets at 24. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, we've got Tara Norris, um, a left-hand batter, does bowl left arm medium. Great to have that variation. Um, has played for the Women's Academy, uh, but it's, I'd say more of a bowler. Uh, but last season, she took 12 wickets um, in a truncated short season. So I think that's, that's quite a lot including one where she got figures of four for 45. Now, I think this is the person that might open the bowling with Anya Shrubsole. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's everybody. Um, I, it, can see, I can totally see why that you would like to support these ladies um, for the Southern Brave because, gosh, that is, there are some, a number of huge names in that squad, yeah. and, and they seem to have most bases covered as well. It'll be interesting to see who takes the last two two positions but even as it stands it's super super strong side so maybe i'll stick to both um the men's and the, and the women's maybe i'll make that the rule chris <laughs> i think it's fine i'm still on the fence because you know like it said obviously the ecb are putting out the remit that it's it's one team with two squads but you know uh, it's quite tempting to go oh actually you know i really like the man the the men's team here but the women's team here is really good. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that the concurrently that the women's team is bad on the other squad. I think, honestly, I think it's just a bit of home side allegiance, um, just because yeah. Danny Wyatt plays for them. But we've still got loads of other teams to look at as well. So I, I guess we'll make our decision when we get to the end of the breakdowns. But uh, as ever, that is it uh, obviously to our listeners if you haven't subscribed yet and you like what we do please do um if i am right the subscribe button should be about here um so please do like and subscribe leave us your comments we are on instagram at the hundred report we are on twitter at hundred report and we'd really like it if you gave us a subscribe <laughs> Or just come say hi. Yeah, either or. But anyway, that's it for today, and we will be back with another episode shortly. Ta-ra for now. See you soon.